Thanks for that, too. Uh, so, hi. My name is Rashawn Smith, and I have the privilege of uh, giving the what we call a communion, which is a, kind of a, a mix of a sermon and the communion message, which uh, communion will be taking at the end of this. Um, we have a few people who are visiting. We'd like to say hello to all the visitors. We have a, a couple from Richmond who's visiting as well. Hello. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Uh, I'll go ahead and pray, and we can get started. Dear God, uh, we come before you, Father. I'm just thanking you, God, for this opportunity to come together. God, I'm thanking you for uh, just your love for us, God, for sending your son. God, thank you for your encouragement to, to grow, to not stay where we are, God, but to be moving forward, pressing on towards what, what is ahead and uh, even better in the future than, than we have been in the past, God. That's all through you. Father, we pray that you would uh, speak through me, God, uh, that your spirit would speak through me, and um, that your word would not return to you empty, Father. Amen. We love you. We pray all this in the name of your son, Christ Jesus. Amen. 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 So uh, we're going to be keeping in line with the series that we've been going through, which is Compelled. And uh, so today's uh, title is Compelled to Grow. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 15 says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all die. And he died for all that, uh, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I have a couple of uh, jokes here that I'm going to read um, along this theme of, of growth, because... Uh, if, if you get anything from what's shared today, it's that growth actually comes from pursuing a, a, a closer proximity to God. Okay? So let's keep that in mind. Uh, this first one's called, I didn't write these, wish I could, didn't. Um, it's all relative. One day a man decided to get as close to God as he could. He thought climbing a mountain would be the best route to get there. Once he reached the top of the mountain, he called out to God. To his amazement, God answered him loud and clear. With such an amazing opportunity to speak with God, he wanted to ask a few philosophical questions, of course. God, how long is a million years to you? It's like a minute to you, answered God. What does a million dollars mean to you? It's like a penny, answered God. The man replied, can I have a penny? <laughs> the Lord answered, in a minute. <laughs> so the, the next one is called tomatoes. A boy was looking at the red ripe tomatoes growing in a farmer's garden. I'll give you two pennies for that tomato, said the boy, pointing to a beautiful, large, ripe fruit hanging on the vine. No, said the farmer. I get a dime for a tomato like that one. The boy pointed to a smaller green one. Will you take two pennies for that one? Yes, replied the farmer. I'll give you that one for two cents. Okay, said the lad, sealing the deal by putting the coin in the farmer's hand. I'll pick it up in about a week. <laughs> Smart kid. <laughs> Compelled to grow. Um, I hope that by the end of this communion, uh, like the man who's climbing the mountain, that we have that desire to get closer to God and that we grow like that tomato will in about a week yeah. or so. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're called to grow. And, and one of the ways we see that we're called to grow is from the simple fact that Jesus grew. You know, he didn't, he didn't just come here... Uh, you know, a grown man and go to the cross, he grew as well. 
In Luke chapter 2, verse 51 through 52, yes, he came, he was born. As a baby, he went through this stage. That's great. Uh, it says, um, after, then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So Jesus did go through a, uh, a growing process. To quote James Burton Kaufman regarding verse 52, it says, The fourfold development of Christ, mentally, physically, socially, and spiritually, is here affirmed. Exactly the type of growth and development that is inherent in the very fact of the Incarnation. He who emptied himself and became a man found it needful to pass through the helplessness of infancy, the ignorance of babyhood, and the incompetence of adolescence, just like all men. The true humanity of our Lord is thus brilliantly presented by Luke, no less than his true deity. And so Jesus was also compelled to grow. It wasn't enough just to have the title of Son of God. He knew um, that this wasn't about being an heir and, and just receiving things, but he needed to grow in order to do God's work. Right? So in, uh, in Luke chapter 4, I'm not going to go through it for the sake of time, but it's when he's tempted. He's tempted in the desert. He's just been baptized, and he, he's tempted by Satan, but he responds by giving Scripture. You know, and he doesn't give in to, to the things Satan is tempting him with, with hunger, with uh, lordship, and things of that sort. Jesus didn't sit on his sonship and on his deity. He endured temptation from Satan, growing in his handling of the scriptures. Once the temptation was done and full of the Holy Spirit, he then goes into Galilee and preaches the truth about God to the people there. Jesus, too, was compelled to grow. So if, if Jesus grew... And we're, we're, we call ourselves Christians and disciples of Christ. That means we should do what? Grow. We should grow as well. Yeah. All right. So the scriptures actually have plenty of verses about growth, right, for, for us as well. In John 15, verse 2, it says, He, referring to God, cuts off every branch in me, Jesus, that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Ephesians 4.15 says, But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. Like newborn babies. We have, we have a few. They're not quite newborn, but, but they're, they're babies. Long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. As Christians, we're called to grow, we're called to mature, we have to resist stagnation so that we can do the work that God has called us to do. Amen? Amen. So we're going to look at a particular scripture that has to do with growth. Um, and we're going to make growth synonymous with adding to our faith. Can, can we do that this morning? All right. That's what we're going to do. Um, so growing means adding to our faith. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5 through 9 will be our focus, focus text for this morning. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. When you are there, say amen. 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 <clears throat> it says, For this very reason, 
Make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're called to grow, right? And this, this passage gives us a, a directive. It actually lets us know what we should be growing in. It gives us these qualities. So all you really have to do is add to your faith goodness to that knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness. Uh, some versions say brotherly kindness and love. Just add that to your faith and you'll grow in your productiveness and your effectiveness and your knowledge of Jesus. Sounds pretty, pretty simple, right? Pretty straightforward. So yeah, so basically we just need to work harder. That's all we need to do, right? We just need to, to, to grow our faith. Faith comes from hearing the message. So we just need to read more, right? Hear the message. Uh, goodness, we need to make good choices, you know? Uh, knowledge, just read more. You need to control yourself for self-control. Perseverance just means don't give up. Uh, godliness, be like God. Brotherly kindness, be nice, love, love people. Done. All right, great. We can hit the end button and go home. That's it. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but so I know what you're thinking. So you're thinking to yourself, but Rush. And you say Rush because in your mind you use my nickname. And that's okay. You say, but, but Rush, this is a laundry list of items uh, uh, to do, to add to our faith. How am I supposed to, to do this when I, I struggle with laundry day? Right. And you're trying to have me grow in all these things? Well, maybe we could look at Jesus and find a secret. Because Jesus grew, so I believe that he has a secret to our growth. All right? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I printed it out on here, so I, I, I don't have the Bible, but I can read it. In Hebrews chapter 5, we'll look at verses 7 through 9. How did Jesus grow? How did he pursue growth? In Hebrews chapter, chapter 5, starting in verse 7, it says, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect... He became the source of eternal salvation for all who obeyed him. This really brings together nicely what it's all about. Through reverent submission and humble pursuit of God, Jesus was able to learn obedience through suffering. You know, God, God is the one who brings about the growth. And that's, that's really the point here. It's not about let's lace up our shoes and, and do this laundry list of things. It's about pursuing God, getting in close proximity to God so that he can give us these attributes and then we can use them to do the work he desires for us to do. Amen. 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 Jesus learned and grew not by depending on himself and his own strength, but he learned and he grew because of his complete dependence on God. And that's how we do it. You know, God will help you to make every effort in your faith. And, and a side note, that, that aspect of making every effort, that means that there's work involved. That means you're not always going to wake up every day and just have that, 
that keen desire to, to pursue God, that keen desire to be in his presence and, and in his proximity. It's going to take work. Sometimes it's going to feel like uphill, and that's all right. But are we making every effort in spite of what we're feeling so that we can be close to God? The, the aspect of adding, make every effort to add. This aspect of adding means it's, it's a, a lavish supply. It's kind of this idea of um, back in the time this was written, people who really loved their country would have uh, paid, completely paid for uh, a theatrical event, a play to be put on. They would have paid for everything. Or someone who really loved their state would have uh, supplied all the supplies needed for a warship. Because they love their state so much, they would lavishly give. This, this aspect of, of lavishness, it's, it's one that, that would probably, if you saw it, it might even make you laugh a little bit. Like a, like a swimming pool full of, full of quarters. It's like, wow, that's a lot of quarters. Like, I can't even wrap my mind around how much that is. But, so the aspects of making every effort to do these things and to, to lavishly pursue them, meaning lavishly add to your faith goodness, lavishly add to your goodness, self-control, or knowledge, and so on and so forth. We can't do that. I don't know about you, but I don't just innately, lavishly have those qualities. You know, so this, this scripture really points us to go to the one who can lavishly give. And who is that? Jesus. It's God. He's the one that will lavishly give, so he's the one we must go to in order to, to add these things to our faith. Amen? Amen. Amen. So in adding your faith, we must go to God for this because God's desire is that we make every effort to add to our faith in increasing measure. So this aspect of goodness, I'm just going to go through this so we can have an idea of of what uh, Peter is calling us to do and what God is calling us to be. Goodness. Um, Goodness takes actually a lot of courage. It takes the Holy Spirit to be good. Um, and that's, that's great because God has not given us a spirit of timidity, right? But one of power, love, and self-discipline. But it takes the Holy Spirit and courage from God to be able to be good in an evil world. I mean, it doesn't take long to turn on the television or go up the road to see that this world is evil. You know, this isn't just a, a make good choices kind of thing. It's a we need to stay in very close proximity to God so that we can learn what is good, and after that, we can then go and do what is good. All right? Adding goodness to our faith. Knowledge. Um, in Proverbs, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and we must pursue, uh, pursue having reverence for God's word. Right? We have to write it on the tablets of our hearts. So when we do this, when we're close to God's word, when we pursue God, that knowledge can be used to do God's will, right? Just as Jesus, after being baptized, going into the desert and being tempted, he went into Galilee and preached. So too, when we go to God and acquire knowledge through his word, you too can correctly and without hypocrisy go and teach others about God. That's what we're, we're here to do. Make every effort. So this work involved. Uh, and this, this will help us to be keep from being ineffective and unproductive in our knowledge of Christ. Oh, okay. Here we go. Found the other page. It printed weird, but that's all right. Self-control. Self-control. You ever try to be self-controlled on your own, through your own willpower? 
How, how did that work out? Not, not so good, right? There was a place here in town called Pearl's Cupcakes. You know about Pearl. It hurt us when they closed. It hurt. But uh, they had these really good brownies, these, these mocha. I know you're a sweetheart person. Pearl's was better, Monica. I'm sorry. But uh, they had these brownies, these mocha brownies, right, that were delicious, gluten-free. They were delicious. Loved them. Tried many times to give them up. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Kept going back. Willpower does not work. The idea of this self-control is it means to, uh, to get a grip, right? Uh, Drew had a reference to the Ninja Turtles last time. So to not be undone, uh, there's actually a point in the, the song in the 90s when the show was on where they would say this. It was, it was a slang in the 90s. So it was like, they're the world's most fearsome fighting team. We're really hip. They're heroes in a half shell and they're green. Get a grip. So that was, that, I had to put that in there for you, Drew. We can go back and forth. You're not the only Ninja Turtles fan. But this aspect of, of getting uh, self-control actually means to get a grip on oneself. To get a grip on, on your desires, especially those of, of a sensual matter. Um, that's self-control. And as we've talked about, it's not easy to do by one's own will. But in Philippians 2.13, it says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in accordance to fulfill his good purpose. So what we need to do in this case is to get a grip on God, and then he'll help us to pursue self-control. Amen? Amen. Patience. Patience. This, patience isn't this aspect of, oh, let me wait quietly for something to come. Uh, that, that, that's not what it is. It's not like, man, my, my Uber's 10 minutes late. Let me go ahead and meditate so I don't give a bad review. That's, that's not what patience is. What patience is, is a steadiness in the face of adversity and trials. Wow. This is staying faithful in service to God until the very end of this life. Amen. Only God can provide patience. Yeah. We have to go to God for that patience. Amen. Godliness. I mean, come on. Who, who better to teach us how to be godly than God? I mean, the word godliness has God in it. So that's where we need to go in order to uh, be godly. And what godliness is, is the aspect of bringing honor to God, bringing glory to him. The things that you do, pointing people upward to our heavenly father. We need God to be godly. Amen. Amen. Brotherly love. That's that's easier than most because, you know, you just get your brother or sister a cheesesteak and you're good to go. Right. No. Although there's some great cheesesteaks there in, in Philly. Uh, same words, where it's derived from. This type of love, it's the love, uh, kind of a family kind of love. Uh, and although it may come easier for some than others, we still need God to, to learn how to love one another in this, in this familial kind of way. We can't do it without him. Uh, you know, some of us don't have the best example of family, So we have to go to God yeah. to know how we are to treat one another as a spiritual family. Right. Brotherly love. Right. And last but not least, the aspect of agape love or love, the last love that's here. This is a type of love that's described in 1 Corinthians 13. This is the love that it's, it's not based on what you're going to get back from the person you're giving love to. Yeah. Right. This is the love that God showed us while we were still sinners. Yeah. Right. This is the love that we're called to show towards our enemies. This is also the love that we're, we're called to show towards the lost. Remembering 
that at one time we were apart from God and lost as well. Now we can rest assured that this kind of love is not a love you could just muster up right. and, and bring up. This, this kind of love can only come from the source of love in our lives, and that's God. So what does that mean for us? It means that the only way we can add anything to our faith is to forget what I said a few minutes ago about, you know, strapping up your bootstraps and just muscling through it. It's our effectiveness and our pro, uh, productivity and our knowledge of Christ can only come about by a wholehearted pursuit of God and getting close to God, pursuing him humbly and reverently as Jesus did, following the very example of his son. Yeah. Back in Hebrews uh, 5, 7 through 9, I'll read it again. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. Once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey. So not only was Jesus compelled to grow, but he knew where the source of growth came from. Not only that, but he gave his life for us and rose again so that we could have an eternal relationship with God. So that we could be forgiven from our sins. And just to put sin in perspective, what sin really is, you could put a little equates next to it, it's, it's a death sentence. It's a death sentence of eternal torment and separation from God. Jesus saved us from that. And he's also given us the ability to grow and to add to our faith, to even be compelled to do it. Yeah. Not resting comfortably in the title of Christian, but pursuing adding to our faith in increasing measure so that we can grow in our productiveness and our effectiveness in our knowledge of Jesus. And this is what's going to help to take the gospel to a lost world. This is what helped to bring the gospel to us. Jesus showed us how to rely on the Father, and then he provided a way like no one else for us to be with him. So today, as we take the bread that represents his blood, sorry, as we take the bread that represents his body, and the juice that represents his blood, let us remember that, like Jesus, the only way that we could add to our faith is a continual reverence and submissive pursuit of God. And from Jesus' example and sacrifice, may we too be compelled to grow. Let's pray. Dear God, uh, we come before you, Father, um, thanking you so much, God, that you, you don't just give us your word and, and just send us off, Father, but you, you're with us. God, you are with us. We could come to you, Father. We could draw from you, God, that you could lavishly add to our faith, God, um, just all the things here. God, not only do you lavishly add to us, God, but you also set up the situations for us to apply what you've given us. Father, I pray that we can imitate Jesus in that way. God, um, the, the love in which you gave your son, God, he, he grew as well so that he could do your work, God, um, your work of love. Father, I pray that we remember him at this time, God, that we, we could be grateful, God, that he showed how we can fully and completely submit to you and how through that, God, we could do great things that you've already set up for us to do, Father. We love you. We thank you for that 
awesome example. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.